and welcome to episode 45 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Hales. Glad to have you joining me for another show that features original classical guitar compositions from around the globe. If this is your first time joining me, this show is simply a show where I talk and then I play classical guitar pieces sent in by the listener. We get to hear your original guitar pieces, and it's fantastic. However, if this is your first time joining me, I don't recommend starting with this episode. Uh, It's been tradition the last couple years. I've been doing a little bit of a different kind of thing in October, uh, celebrating my personal love of horror movies, do some horror movie talk with a friend, and this year will be no exception. So what we're going to do, like the last couple years, I'm going to have a nice little mini episode of this show as normal. And for those of you that want to get out at that point, <laughs> there's an easy off-ramp. Just uh, exit the podcast where you hear the the normal end music. <laughs> but for those of you that want to stay for the spookier version of the show, stick around. I was joined by my usual October guest, Jeremy Shogren, but I also have a a special third guest that joined me for the first time. So, with that, I'll give you one quick rundown of what's been going on in my life. We'll listen to some music and move on with the the conversation. And again, for those of you that are not interested, don't worry. I've got new music lined up for a November episode. We're going to hear new music. It'll just be the normal show that you all know and love at least know (laughs) the show that you all know and listen to whatever it may be about a month ago in September I finally made it to an Iron Maiden concert all these years they've come a few times to Utah and I've always thought about going but I never do and I think the last time they came I was out of town and concerts are expensive. I, I generally avoid them, especially like big rock concerts these days. Like, they're just, they're too expensive. But I'd never seen Iron Maiden. And my, my kids love Iron Maiden, so that's, that's a little more incentive to go. We, we, bought, we bought tickets. We took our uh, two of my three kids. One of them didn't want to go, but my two daughters went. And everybody absolutely loved it. It was such a good show. Those, those guys are fantastic. You know, it was kind of weird. It was like a, it was a Monday night, it was a terrible night of the week for a concert. So I'd say it was a little bit of a Monday night crowd. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I mean, a great show. And I had a realization as I was leaving because I, I was, I mean, these guys, they're, they're, um senior citizens at this point and just absolutely rocking they show no signs of stopping they sound fantastic but I'm also like you know how much longer are these guys gonna go and I I came to this realization that I don't know that I have any uh, bands left to see that I've never seen before that that I could see you know like uh, I've always loved Led Zeppelin but you know obviously never had a chance to see Led Zeppelin live. They're, they were before my time and have never really done anything as a group since John Bonham died. But I've seen most of my favorite bands 
and I, I, there aren't really any young bands that are left that I'm really into. You know, anyone, I, you know, I really like uh, Billy Strings. He's a pretty awesome guitar player, and bluegrass concerts are just. I mean, it's hard to beat a bluegrass concert, but, but I've been to just. I feel like hundreds of those, and <laughs> you know, they're they're great. But I'm not. I'm really not a big concert person anymore. I used to go to so many and then kind of got burned out on it. And I'd say over the last like 10 years, I've been a lot more sparse about what I'll go see, but I've been seeing mostly like older rock groups that I either hadn't seen or would like to see one last time. And uh, I don't know if there's anyone left. The one band I kind of regret never seeing is Black Sabbath. I've seen Ozzy Osbourne a few times, but I never did see Black Sabbath. And, you know, when they, I think they did play Utah a few years ago, but but they had a split with Bill Ward, so it wasn't really the the whole band. And I don't know, I, th- they, I feel like Sabbath's kind of phoning it in these days anyway. <laughs> um, when they do tour, I'm looking at their set lists, they're short, they're you know, whatever. I wish I'd have seen them. When I was a... I had tickets for them at OzFest one year. And... Well, let's just say I got into some trouble. <laughs> I was a teenager that year. And uh, I didn't get to go. And I've always regretted that. But yeah, Iron Maiden can be checked off the list, but honestly, I'd, I think I would like to see them about ten more times. It was really fun. I'd also like to go see Aerosmith again. I have seen Aerosmith, but they're they're playing down in Vegas. They've got this residency. I might run down there and catch a show before they're done. I gotta say to my, my friend Scott Niebauer, who's a fellow Iron Maiden fan, and as far as I know, listens to this show still. Haven't heard from Scott for a while, but uh, they only played one one track off your your power slave man that was kind of a i could use some more off that album but uh they they played aces high with the, it was a second encore that was pretty cool they did not play your uh rhyme of the ancient mariner unfortunately <laughs> but it was a really good set list i i would like to catch them again and they've already announced their next tour and it looks really cool anyway this is a classical guitar show not a iron maiden show so I, I'm going to go ahead and move on. Like I said, it's a mini show. So I think I'm going to jump straight to email. And then why don't we go ahead and... Because I always like to reach back into the vault for this episode rather than air something new on such a truncated episode. I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, play some music by my friend Scott Niebauer. Fellow Iron Maiden fan. So... Let me read an email, and we'll play some music by Scott, and then we'll go on to the other podcast. Also, real quick, um, I just want to reiterate that uh, to have music featured on this show, I'm more than happy to feature it, but you need to send me preferably an MP3 file. I mean, it can be a WAV file, but they just take up a lot more space, so please send an MP3 file if you can. But what you can't send me is a YouTube video. I have no way 
to play a YouTube video on this show. And I'm not going to go through the trouble of ripping the audio from YouTube. The new Pro Tools apparently can do that. And I, I haven't upgraded my Pro Tools because I don't think my computer can go any farther without some major upgrades. But either way, I'm not going to go through that hassle. So just send me an MP3 if you'd like. And again, no uh, MIDI generated whatever. It's got to be a real guitar. Okay. I'll read this email here. Uh, I've got some other emails that go with music, so I'm going to go ahead and read those along with their music in the future. But for now, I haven't heard from this guy for a while. I was really glad to hear. I was really glad to get this email. This is our good friend Martin Slater. He says, Chris, it's been a while, and we both seem to have been suffering similar, similar problems with nails, having never managed to cope with artificial stick-ons, which Julian Bream did apparently use from time to time, recounting one occasion when he had to suddenly adjust in performance due to one flying off. So playing came to a similar grinding halt. Regarding your visit to Prague, jealous. <laughs> the Moldau in Czech is Valtava. Symphonic poem by Bohemian composer Bedrick Smetana that evokes the flow of the Valtava River, or in German, the Moldau. From its source in the mountains of the Bohemian forest through the Czech countryside to the city of Prague. Smetana was a contemporary of Antonin Dvorak, also Bohemian Czech, famous for his New World Symphony No. 9, and in particular his Slavonic dances in both piano and orchestral forms. Valtava is also one of my favorite pieces, and forms part of his series of symphonic poems, Ma Vlast, or rather, My Fatherland. It is certainly an interesting and very ambitious idea to attempt a guitar version of this. Your talk on sonata form I found interesting enough to begin stirring my dormant compositional juices, reminding me, as it did, of my long-distant technical studies. I have numerous books on compositional method, ranging from tomes by the American composer Walter Piston, through writings by Berlioz, Richard Strauss, and Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov. You mentioned never having played any Leo Brower. Well, I was weaned early on by my teacher in the 80s on his Etudes Simples. One of my own small works is, act is actually titled Study a la Brower. It's in no way plagiaristic, but certainly reflects his idiom. The pieces you played by Vincenzo Adelini and Mike Woods were very interesting. You mentioned Vincenzo being brief in his introduction, but he does have a website. I am pleased to hear your nails are again up to the task, as are mine. So I will once more join you on the treadmill. Martin. Thanks, Martin. Uh, thanks for sending Vincenzo's website. I'll go ahead and add that to the episode page that he was featured on. ClassicalGuitarComposers.com And, okay. Did you witness this uh, Julian Bream <laughs> nail flying off? I'm just curious. <laughs> if that's a an in-person experience you got to uh, enjoy. I used to use them when I was performing, but yeah, it, it, I just can't do it anymore. I do have a performance coming up. Uh, I'm playing at some luncheon 
for some group. I don't, <laughs> I'm not even sure. <laughs> I've been hired to play 45 minutes. I've got a 45 minute set. I think I'm going to fill it with, I think I'm going to play like Capriccio Arabe by Taraga, and I think I'm going to fill the rest up with just my own compositions, and that way when the inevitable dude walks up to me and says, so do you like play your own music? I can just say, yes, yes, this is mine. Go away, please. Because um, don't you love that when you're like performing at a somewhat like, not a concert, but you're like the accompaniment, and so someone just like will always walk up to you. It always happens to me. They walk up to me in mid mid piece and just start asking me questions. I'm like, uh, can I can I finish my piece at least before I uh, sit down for your interview, sir? Anyway, uh, you mentioned Dvorak. Uh, that New World Symphony is one of my favorite pieces. I actually got to play in that when I was in college. That's one of the funnest uh, pieces I ever played. I do like Dvorak a lot. I also really like his American string quartet. He he really liked it over here, I guess. <laughs> he wrote a lot of what I think is his best music uh, was inspired by this side of the pond. Yeah, that that visit to Prague was was really amazing. I I, I can't. I mean, how? far is it from where you are to Prague, Martin? I'm, I know it's, it's, I mean, I guess it's a different country. I, you know, it was interesting when I was over there because, um, one of the women we were working with, she asked me, you know, about like the area I live in. And I said, well, it's actually a pretty short drive either to where I live. It's a short drive to the city or to the mountains. And she's like, I don't know what Americans mean by short drive <laughs> because apparently, uh, to her, a short drive means 20 minutes or less. And she's like, <laughs> to you guys, that means like it could be eight hours. I was like, oh yeah, like four hours. But no, literally like 10 minutes away from the mountains. Anyway, can't be that far, right? It is a beautiful city. Oh, you know what? I asked uh, Martin a few more questions. I'm going to read this follow-up email as well. He says, Chris, time passes these fast these days. Sorry for the delay. Mum is a lot better now. Effectively, we have her back. Short-term memory is, of course, stodgy, but as long as I am available to get her where she likes to go, then she will, but nobody else will do. So, no pressure then. Lately, I have started some environmental monitoring training. This is focused on our local rivers that flow across chalklands. Collectively, they are called chalk streams, and they are the homes of a unique set of creatures. Regarding global considerations, chalk stream habitats are rarer than tropical forests, so I have volunteered to join a team tasked with identifying all the invertebrate life in relevant samples. I was happy to do this because I already have experience of taking river samples via the ecology unit I studied with our Open University in 1988. Regular sampling is only done in spring and autumn but the main task is actually identifying the critters, which will involve microscopes. Needless to say, the sampling sites are much smaller than the Voltava. <laughs> I missed out on my last Guitar Society meeting, but in November they are focusing on British composers. Will I find time, the time to do something? Hope springs eternally. Martin. Very cool. That's very cool, Martin. I'm, 
I'm a little, I, I feel a bit inspired. That's one thing I would like to, to get into when my uh, kids are older is, is some like, I don't know what, but I would like to do some kind of volunteering and get involved in like some conservation. Two things, that and start participating in classical guitar society stuff. But this is a interesting meeting, and you're talking about the British composers. I'm wondering, are there a lot of, uh, like, who are some famous guitar composers? I guess there's, like, John Dowland, I think was British. I don't even know that for sure. There's got to be some... I know a lot of uh, famous English composers who didn't write guitar music, but, uh, yeah. I, I have a feeling I'm missing someone obvious, but nothing's coming to my mind at the moment. Anyway, Martin, it's great to hear from you. Uh, we talked about doing an interview at some point. I know um, that's probably mostly me. I had a very unpredictable year. <laughs> Everything just kept shifting, and it's been a it's been a great year, but, man, it has been full. I've had a hard time, like, I've I've had to squeeze in the podcast where I can fit it every month, and that doesn't leave a lot. Of <laughs> that doesn't leave a lot of flexibility on my part. So, but um, at some point, it'd be an interview I'd like to have. So thanks, Martin, and again, thank you all for joining me. I'm going to go ahead and play some music. We're going to reach all the way back into the vault to episode number eight. And I'm going to play these four short single focus compositions for guitar by Scott Niebauer.
Okay, there it is. That was four short single focus compositions by Scott Niebauer. And the titles of those were Andante Tremolo, Anniversary Theme, Cloudburst Arpeggio, and Mobile. In that order. All right. Thanks for joining me. Thank you to Scott for sending that music a few years back. I hope you all stick around for the next part. I unknowingly had some sound problems uh, during the recording that I didn't realize until after because none of us were wearing headphones, but there was a loose mic cable or something jiggling around, and so I've hopefully edited all that out, but you might hear a little bit of distortion in my mic from time to time. Anyway, until next time, keep on plucking. Totally. Fifteen minutes. You totally never show. That's not true. Here I am. Exploring Count. uncharted territory. It's been totally charted. Just <laughs> totally. <laughs> Put me down. This is totally silly. Yeah, it's totally dark. Yeah. Well, she's totally not here. My usual October guest, Jeremy Shogren, with us again. Happy to be here, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming, Jeremy. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. This will be fun. Could you lean a little closer to the microphone when you speak? How's this? I think that's kind of... Hey, is that good, Jerry? Jerry gives a thumbs up. All right. We're all ready to roll, then. Okay. I have another special guest today. A very very special guest. Hi. That's my daughter, Keller. She's joining us for Horror Movie Talk. Yay, Keller. Yay. Hello. So, it's no surprise to anyone that I've spawned a child that <laughs> loves horror as much <laughs> as I do. You believe it? And Parker is not joining us today. He told me the last two episodes of this just gave him too many nightmares. He's out. Yeah. Also said he was having some kind of foot fungus rash or something has it spread to the foot now too yeah oh yeah, poor guy really that's, we should that's unfortunate. maybe we should maybe get him a card thoughts and prayers <laughs> yeah <laughs> thoughts and prayers parker <laughs> anyway all right so two years ago we did a horror movie draft yet by the way we were joking like i probably need to say that i was not <laughs> just about him being scared anyway he wasn't that scared so we drafted horror movies and obviously you just can't do that again it just doesn't work it's kind of a one-time thing last year we did friday 
the 13th rankings. This year, we thought it'd be a fun mental exercise to just try and declare the best, our favorite, not the best, our favorite 13 horror movies. Do our countdowns. Did you want to talk about if we'd update the, the, our drafts at all, if we could? I do, but I was thinking we should do that after. Cool. Yeah. So we go through our list. And then, uh, yeah, I thought we could, um, after doing our list, we could talk about runners-up, stuff that didn't quite make the list. Just Cool. You know since there were some painful things to leave off right. i want to at least mention them and then definitely update our drafts do i get a draft uh no you missed that one Ooh. okay <laughs> probably busy making jam yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right do we go from 13 to one yeah we're gonna go 13 to okay. one and we'll take turns what was it else? Oh, I was going to say, okay, so the way I came about my list, there was no real rules for this, you know, but it was really difficult because I don't really think in terms of this movie's the best and this movie's the second best. But it was really fun to try to figure that out and hard. But what made it easier for me was I just took out anything that wasn't firmly planted in horror. So I'm going to give you two movies right now that I didn't even include as contenders, even though they're too, I think he's really getting emotional. His eyes are a little glassy. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Messy. One is one is Alien. Alien didn't make my list, and I love the movie Alien, but Alien is not a horror movie. I th well, yeah. Alien can. It's got horror elements. I, I'm okay with someone calling it a horror movie, but when you're talking about, I hate when I see like lists like the hundred the hundred best horror movies and. Cluttering up the top are like Jaws and Alien and stuff that's not really. So I want things that are firmly planted in horror. Firmly. So Alien didn't make it. I didn't put Silence of the Lambs on my list. That's the other one. That kind of a thriller. I, I, I consider it a horror movie, but not firmly, solidly just straight horror. And I went for straight horror. Left out holiday movies, horror comedies, all that stuff. That's how I approached it. How about you, Jeremy? I also struggled narrowing it down. Uh, I didn't really exclude anything specifically in terms of like, if it's a horror comedy, if it's it's a horror, it's a horror for me. So I included stuff like that as I was trying to narrow it down. I did, I we're on the same page. I think we've talked about that before. Like Alien is very horror adjacent, but I don't consider Alien a horror movie. It's just sci-fi to me. So even though it's got horror elements and it's very much like a haunted house in space, um, I don't consider it a horror movie. I just consider it alien. Um, the, the hardest thing for me about narrowing down the list was there are multiple horror franchises where I love multiple titles from the franchise and trying to narrow it down was really tough. And I had to decide, do I want to let more than one from each franchise be in my top 13 list? Or do I want to limit it and say, you know, like only one puppet master movie is going to be in my top 13 <laughs> list because they're all good and especially yeah. when they cross over with the, the demonic toys I, i'm really curious how many um like hellraiser 9 hellraiser 8 type movies are in your list <sighs> come on hellraiser got lame after the first six <laughs> um but that that was tough for me my process was i i brainstormed i made a list of the ones that i love the most and then i looked at my media collection and went oh geez I can't believe I forgot this and that and 
there were so many that I forgot that are movies I watched like once a year. So I, I accumulated my giant list and then I rated them all on a scale of one to 10. And my list ended up, my, my ratings ended up being like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 9, 10, 10, 10, 8, 9, 10, 9, 10, 10, 10. So when all was said and done, I, I still had almost 20 tens, I think. Yeah. And so then I had to narrow it down from there. And I'm really sad. I'm really sad. I initially decided I was going to lump the ones that had sequels together. And then you said no. So That's there crazy. are some movies that got bumped out of my top 13 just because of sequels that are so good that I love. Yeah, this, there was nothing easy about this. And it's already changed since I made the initial list. Yeah, me too. I've, I've re well, my top 13 stayed the same, but I've reordered it a couple times since uh, initially making the list. I cut out a lot of movies too. I cut out all the ones that I didn't think of as horror, not necessarily specifics, but what it kind of ended up being, I think, is I cut out all the ones that we've watched with Wolf. Um. <laughs> 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 that's pretty much what ended up happening <laughs> <laughs> so if it's if wolf can watch it, it's not a horror movie <laughs> really yeah wow wolf being Keller's little brother yeah he's not a big horror fan he's a bit of a scaredy cat do you want to tell your listeners why is it maybe because you traumatized him when he was younger uh <laughs> yeah 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 so we <laughs> <laughs> we we picked up the movie it the old one the miniseries from whenever it was 1990 yeah and keller at the time what how old were you i don't know i was you guys were little yeah he was he was pretty little but you guys were convinced you wanted to watch it and i was like yeah i watched it when i was little that's, that's fine plus i'm not uh I'm not above showing my kids a really scary movie when they're young. I wanted to kind of see what happened. But I accidentally, it was a, it's a double disc DVD. And I accidentally put in disc two. And so I put it in and we're sitting there, movies starting. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like the way the movie starts. And uh, disc two begins where a character's having a, an it moment and Pennywise He's at a graveyard and Pennywise pops up out of a freshly dug grave, Pennywise the Clown. And when he popped up, I went, oh crap. And I, you know, leapt up to go hit pause, meaning like, oh crap, I put in the wrong disc. That scared my son who was, let's just say he was way too young to be watching this movie, into an absolute screaming frenzy. <laughs> because synonymous with the clown popping out of the ground was me flying off the couch <laughs> and he's still to this day terrified of clowns yeah that was a good five years ago i think and then he scared me so i only started watching like scary movies and enjoying them recently like because wolf scared me because he started screaming bloody murder and that's just... yeah chain reaction it's like chunk puking in the movie theater right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was so yeah and then uh, yeah ed keller was yeah she's screaming then i got two crying kids and i'm trying to convince him it's not no no, no. it's not scary it's not scary i just put it on disc and it took how many years to get you to watch it 
I don't know. Couple, well, it's only been five years, I think, since that happened. So, so four? Yeah, maybe four, maybe three. I don't know. But what happened when you watched it? It became my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> right. So. Immediately. In the end, Dad was right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I suppose you're going to watch We're it with right your kid. Put the correct disc, disc in first. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah. I don't know how to determine the order. I think maybe I'll go first. And then we let Keller go last. What do you think? Or we can go back and forth. I don't know. I think that... It's your podcast, I think we man. should... The, uh, what? I was just saying, maybe we should go, like, in order by number and do, like, each number, all three of us. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, but one person at a time. Let's do that. We'll we'll give Keller the the finale. Keller can be our honorary final, final girl. girl today, <laughs> and so we'll get to yours last. And I'll be the quick to die stoner right here at the beginning. So, all right. So the about two hours ago, I had a. I was thinking. I was thinking about this podcast and thinking about horror movies. And I thought about a movie, and I realized has to go on my list. I'm going to break the rule I set up first thing. <laughs> because I believe this movie is firmly planted in horror and Christmas is a byproduct of, product of it. And if not for the title of the movie, it's nothing more than a horror movie that takes place during Christmas. The movie itself has nothing to do with Christmas. And that movie is Black Christmas. Yes. I love Black Christmas, one of my all-time favorite movies I realized. And it's firmly planted. It's a straight-up horror movie. Yeah. There's I, I consider it like a Christmas horror, but when it comes down to it, it's not like Krampus, which is Christmas is like central to the plot of it. Christmas has nothing to do with the plot of this other than serving as a time of year with a college campus shutting down for a couple of weeks. What? Sorry, I love college campuses and I want to watch that movie now. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna Yay. watch that this year. Isn't so, there isn't there a scene with Christmas lights though? Doesn't or am I just thinking of that? Is that oh, one of the remakes? Uh, there might be. I hold on. I think I'm thinking of the cover of one of the remakes, and I've never seen the remakes. I've only seen the original. Don't don't see the remake. Yeah, I don't. It's not my, um, I I just. It's hard because now that I know Keller hasn't seen this, I'm like, do I get? Yeah. <laughs> oh, spoilers? I, I well, you know, let's not. I I did. This, I, I didn't say this, but I had thought about spoilers. And I, so as far as, you know, if you're listening, you're you're at risk of spoilers. But I don't want to spoil things within the room. Okay. So, but even then, even if there was like a Christmas lights kill or something, it's still. Just a clever way of using their surroundings. Yeah. It's just like scenery. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Versus like, say, Silent Night, Deadly Night. You, it's not like it's about a guy dressed up as Santa Claus. It's, it's so... Yeah, Black Christmas, and I'm really sad about the movie it bumped off, but Black, and then I, I almost put Black Christmas even higher, but you know, it's hard to really, it's so hard to rank movies. Anyway, that's my number thirteen, Black Christmas. Cool, I'm down. I like Black Christmas. My turn. Yeah, yeah. My number thirteen is one of the first, if not the first horror movies I ever saw. 
Um, and that's Poltergeist. Really? The original Poltergeist. I love Poltergeist. And I've been fascinated with it since I was a kid. Actually, before I saw Poltergeist, I saw Poltergeist 2 before Poltergeist. I remember my, I can't remember if it was my brother or my sister. I'm pretty sure it was my brother that rented Poltergeist when he was babysitting us once. And we were banished to the basement. And I kept sneaking up and trying to peek through the ran- the banister railing to see what he was watching. And then I didn't ever get a chance to see it until I was a little bit older. But I love Poltergeist. Great scares. Great acting great visual effects and it holds up so that's my number 13 is poltergeist mm, it's a solid pick yeah killer hasn't seen another that movie one. i want to see yeah it will don't show wolf that's all i'm saying <laughs> yeah i know there's that there's a specific scene that i just think you can't handle yep. obviously <laughs> so but yeah it's uh, it's i i think it's a really good movie it's it's not my favorite but but i think it's really good all right keller what you got for number 13 Um, My number 13, I think it was the second horror movie I saw that I considered a horror movie, and it's Jeepers Creepers. Yes. (laughs) I don't know. It scares me, and it's hard to scare me watching a movie usually, especially if it's not like a ghost movie, but Jeepers Creepers just had like such a cool aesthetic, and from the moment I saw... Honestly, from the moment they started guessing license plates, it became my favorite <laughs> horror movie for a while. So, yeah. Beating you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. Pick, killer. I saw a meme once where it was that play on, like, where the woman's wondering what her husband's, like, laying awake thinking about at night. And in the <laughs> thought bubble, it was like, yes. how did the creeper register a car to get that license <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you showed me that. So good. It's really funny. <laughs> I showed my kids Jeepers Creepers a, a few question. weeks ago. How'd it go? Uh, the four-year-old was not terribly interested. The nine-year-old seemed to like it. But then a few nights later, granted, it was edited. We did not show it to her unedited. But a few nights later, she had this horrific nightmare where somebody like attacked her friends, and she saw one of her friends with her eyes ripped out. Ooh, <laughs> so pretty clear where that came. Direct from. correlation <laughs> to Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, nice. Yeah, a good healthy nightmare is a good start because <laughs> my horror movie obsession began with Child's Play, absolutely traumatizing me as a kid, and. I guess if something traumatizes me, I don't run from it. I end up embracing it completely. It was the source of many nightmares. Me too. For years to come and I, couldn't wait to. I have never had a nightmare about a horror movie. Well, like even the ones not yet that... seen Child's Play. <laughs> but like even the ones that scare me to death while watching it afterwards, even if I have an eerie feeling, I've never had a nightmare. There's like... The one movie that even came close to giving me a nightmare was Terminator, and that's not a horror movie. So, like... I used to have nightmares about Terminator 2. <laughs> all the time. And I had Predator nightmares all the time. Really? Predator and Alien nightmares and Terminator. See, I enjoyed the nightmare because I enjoy nightmares like that. That aren't, like, stressful get up in the morning. So... <laughs> love running nightmares. I do have running nightmares about like Michael Myers or Jason type 
characters. Just actually, that's how my child's plays were. I would like smash Chucky with a baseball bat, only for him to just end up in the house later. You know, like it just he wouldn't die. And that's what gave me the nightmare was just this <laughs> unstoppable, really a lot more like Michael Myers or Jason. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I saw 20 minutes of Child's Play and the rest was left to my imagination. <laughs> so. All right. Number 12 for me. This is a really difficult movie for me to rank. It almost like didn't make the list. It could go way higher. So... Here it is. It's The Evil Dead. <laughs> Number 12. 12 feels a little low to be ranking Evil Dead. But here's the thing with me and Evil Dead. I love it. It's a great movie. But it's a little bit of zombie moviness to it. And that's one holdup I have. Where it, it just doesn't quite get up there with the others. But I love it. And I'm, a, I'm an Evil Dead 1 fan. I like them all. But that's the one I, I really like. First time I saw it, I actually thought it was scary. I mean, I legitimately found it creepy. Love the setting, love the uh, the whole thing. I love everything about it, really. But there is a, it's, it's a hard watch. So like when we did our horror movie draft, I drafted Drag Me to Hell by the same guy. Because I find that one a little more rewatchable. But when I came down to like actually ranking, I think The Evil Dead's a better movie. And I like it more. And that's a hard thing to figure out. What do I base saying I like a movie on? You know, because it would be easy to say, well, I like Drag Me to Hell more because that's the one I would probably watch more often. But no, I, I like The Evil Dead more. It's kind of an unexplainable attribute or category, I guess, when you're thinking of ways to rank these movies. Anyway, that's my number 12, Evil Dead. I had that same struggle. And I think ultimately I came down to... I'm picking the ones that I do watch the most mm -hmm. because I think that means I have more of an attachment to them. And so there's some that got booted off my list. And unfortunately, I think that meant a lot of more modern movies that have become favorites of mine did not get as much of a chance on my list just because I don't have the history with them. Mm. So speaking of that, my number 12 is arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. Yeah. It's another one I remember seeing when I was pretty young. I think it came out when I was like nine. And it terrified me. I have a vivid memory of watching it on the TV in my basement and standing up during the scene where the spider's in the old lady's house and you see it like climbing up the inside of the lampshade and stuff. Mm -hmm. That terrified me. I haven't seen arachnophobia in a long time. We'll remedy that. But does it... Uh... I don't know if I would have thought of it as a horror movie, like straight, firmly planted in horror. It's definitely horror for me, but it is horror comedy. Mm. But I, I didn't make the, I didn't take out comedies. I, no, yeah, that's okay. I, I'm just thinking. And most of the humor comes from, like John, John Goodman. Goodman. Yeah. I mean, there's a few other like <laughs> the girl, what she say, want to blow up frogs or whatever she says. There's a few other fun little moments, but for the most part, it's a, it's a good old creature movie. Yeah. I mean, good horror has com comedic elements in it. Almost oh, yeah. always. So. Got to keep riding yeah, the waves. Yeah, you can't say, like, if it has comedy in it, it can't. It, yeah, I just I just stayed away from, like, straight up comedy horror, you know, that's, that's meant to really be a comedy. 
And I, yeah. that's where I'm not, I can't really remember how that one comes across. This is more horror than something like, say, Tucker and Dale. Yeah, okay. What you got, Keller? Um, my 12th movie is Friday the 13th, part two. Yes. Which I kind of feel like gives away what my 11th movie is because <laughs> it was so hard to decide. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Friday, part two. Part two, yeah. I really love it, but... What do you love about yeah. it? Um, I love I love Jenny. I love the final girl. I think she's, like, really awesome, and I don't know, I love her whole... I love, like, the final girl chase scene, how it's done. It's, like, my favorite, like, final girl battle chase scene type thing in a horror movie. Because, like, it goes on for the perfect length, and it's always moving. It's not, yeah. I don't know. It's just a good movie. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> that movie's gotten sure. a lot of real estate on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a classical guitar podcast. But... Sorry, what were you saying? I just said I love that movie. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. Right, that's two down. I had this thought going back to what you were saying about the ones you watched the most. I did consider this. In in the same way we were drafting, but we were limited to our categories when we did our draft, I did think of this almost being like my final bag of movies. Like, this is all I get for the rest <laughs> of my life. Man, that makes it hard. Just get my list out. That's what we're doing here. All right. Okay. Jeremy. My number 11 is a movie that you drafted that when you drafted, I was like, really? Huh. But I've watched it since then. I've seen it many times in my life. Uh, But I realized that I have a very warm, cozy association with this movie. I think it's really good. I think I'd kind of forgotten how good it is because I get very stuck in my 80s and 70s horror that's kind of the area i live in but i love this movie and i particularly love to eat popcorn when i watch it and that's scream (laughs) scream makes my list at number 11. nice love scream i guess it's kind of a horror comedy although not quite not quite I, i it's a straight up slasher with yeah. a very, I mean, it it's kind of does what it does, you know, the self-aware thing. But again, not Tucker and not Tucker and Dell level stuff. But yeah, for sure, I I would say it's similar to to Arachnophobia. I mean, most of the humor and scream. Yeah, it's that's just like the witty dialogue and yeah, that's probably a good comparison. Also, you know, Scream was very like current when I was starting to like watch a lot of horror movies and mm-hmm. I, you know, it was, it was a good age for Scream was very contemporary, solid movie. There are movies, well, well, never mind. I'm not going to go there yet. Cause yeah. I, I, I like Scream through and through. Yeah. I don't really have a bad thing to say about it. Cool. I love Scream. Yeah. My number 11 is referenced in Scream. Mm. Uh, dialogue from it is used in Scream. Um, 
And a character in Scream is named after a character in my number 11 movie, which is the character of Sam Loomis. But it's not the movie you think. Psycho. Knew it. (laughs) You knew it? (laughs) Yeah, because he says... We, we all go a little mad sometimes. Oh, okay. Anthony Perkins. Yeah. Psycho. I love that scene. Psycho, huh? Okay. Yeah, Psycho. Killer I hasn't seen Psycho. I haven't yet. seen Psycho. Psycho. But... Okay, I won't, I won't spoil anything. Yeah. I saw it for the first time. I was probably 15, I think. And I, I had an inner debate because it was it had been re-rated R at some point. I think when it originally came out, it was not rated. But then a home video re- release at some point was... Rated R, and I was not supposed to watch rated R movies. <laughs> and if I remember right, my friends invited me to watch it, and I said, you got to make sure it's one of the ones that doesn't say R on it. <laughs> but <laughs> watching it now, it's like, good grief, it should not be rated R. That's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. But I love Psycho. It is so good. The characters, the writing... The big twist right off the bat, and then the other twist. Well, it's not right off the bat. It's about halfway through the movie. And then the twist at the end. I love Psycho. It is Alfred Hitchcock doing what he does best, which is mastering suspense. And a great score, too. So good. Bernard Herrmann's music is excellent. Uh, The Psycho score is what convinces me that I'm have issues um the psycho (laughs) score is my motivation soundtrack if i'm feeling down and i need a soundtrack to say you can do this i listen to the psycho soundtrack which is kind of unsettling this is my kid what can i do (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna scooch a little over to the side away (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know it's just very motivational to me and very Productive. I like Psycho a lot. It's not on my list, but can't argue with that one. Can't argue with any of them. My list. I can't can <laughs> argue. With... Yeah, no. Uh, We're not fighting this time. We're friends. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't pick anything from like that era. Honestly, I did not like go cover classics. And I don't know. I've got nothing against black and white movies, but yeah. Didn't didn't pick any. <laughs> Psycho's a great movie though. What you got? Oh, we know. I know what yours is. Yeah. What is it? Um, it's Friday the Thirteenth. What? Well, it's Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, okay. My eleventh movie. <laughs> it's Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> um, part one. Yeah, part you like one. Part one more than two. Yeah, it was hard because I like them like the same, but. One just, I don't know, it has a certain feeling that two doesn't quite have for me. And it was my first slasher I ever saw. And I love slashers. And there's one scene that, what is it? I don't know, it's an Alice scene where she's running. But I don't know, it's just stuck with me and it is like the face of slashers for me now. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I used the dialogue. From... It's that scene. What the one? I... The, the, the one where she's asking for help. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I used on our first podcast doing this. Yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna put on this year. I went part one, part two. I guess I throw in something from part three. <laughs> <laughs> put the put in the dialogue where. Oh my gosh! What's her name? The 
the girl that Shelly's trying to hook up with, uh, and she's Latina, and there's a scene where her mom's like yelling at her about how she can't go in Spanish. Uh-huh. She used that. Just surprise everybody. <laughs> so you're racking my brain trying to think what her name is, but I have no idea. Yeah, it's Jeremy me bonkers. No idea. Is it Vera? Yes. Okay. Yes. Feels right to me. This could drive me bonkers. I'll probably have to look it up at some point. <laughs> or else use the use something like, we're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll use something from the Chong character. The Far <laughs> <laughs> out, man. Or whatever yeah, saying. do it. All right. Anyway. Cool. Moving right along. Number 10. Me. The Changeling. Nice. Yeah. Changeling's a really good movie. It's pretty scary. It's it's pretty good. I didn't see it young. It didn't scare me, but I, I still look at it as a legitimately scary movie. The acting's really good in it. And a really cool story. And yeah. awesome setting. And again, it's about a composer. Just gotta love that. Yeah. <laughs> Classical musicians, man. Whew. Yeah, classic. Classical musician horror. Need more of those. Yeah, they do. We should make some. Yeah. We'll switch careers. Huh? <laughs> we'll switch careers. We'll get into filmmaking and do specifically classical music themed horror. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think you're just fine with that. Done. Okay. Is there more to say? Uh, I mean, like we could talk lots about it, but. It's just know. a good old classic ghost movie. It makes me feel lonely when I watch it. The Changeling? Yeah. Well, it's a lonely movie. He's a lonely guy. Yeah. Very sad beginning to start off the movie. You know, the guy witnesses his wife and daughter killed in a car accident. And then he's trying to pick up the pieces of his life and has some ghost pestering him. And it's really not fair at all. Poor fella. He's got Claire. <laughs> yeah. Everyone needs a Claire in their life. If he doesn't have, though, Minnie Huxley from the Historical Society. <laughs> She's not a fan of John Russell. Yeah. yeah. What's her what's her damage anyway? <laughs> right? Well, I think they imply that she's, like, sucking up to the senator. Oh, okay. Because there's the scene where she's, like, she calls him and feeds him information about John Russell. That's right. That's right. Changeling number 10. My number 10, if this was something where we were going to argue about movies, <laughs> I'm sure this is my pick that you're going to go, what, why, and it's Dr. Sleep. What, why. Exactly. <laughs> I, this is one of, if not the only modern movie on my list, and it's, it's great. I just love it. I loved that. It was able to capture what Kubrick could not with the original Shining adaptation, which is the emotion and the heart of the story. And I know you didn't love it, but I absolutely loved it. I did not like that they changed the ending from the book. That's my big beef. But Rose the Hat is one of the creepiest horror villains that I can picture in recent history, if not of all time, I would much rather face Jason or Michael Myers or even your pal Chucky 
<laughs> then Rose the Hat. She's terrifying. And I just felt like the movie was so well made. The acting, everybody else, not just her, the acting was fantastic. The pacing was good. It was visually stunning. I love Dr. Sleep, so that's my number 10. Yeah. Wait, is her I, I, Rose the Hat was great. The acting was great. I just, I didn't like it. But I, I liked the book too much. It was too different from the book. And it includes a scene that kind of crosses a line for me and just uh, I just don't enjoy that one scene. And I love horror and being scared, but I don't like that kind of thing. I mean, it's straight out of the book, but it was a lot harder to watch it than it was to read it. <laughs> yeah. And then right. it didn't have a lot of the things in the book that I love that would kind of redeem that. But I did love when it got really different from the book, actually, at the end. I loved all the, you know, they because they did have a dilemma in making a sequel to both the movie and the book, yep. which are in pretty kind. And he bridged that very well. And to be just just to be clear, I loved most of that. Yeah, the way I know that the, they, I know which part you're talking about. Yes, yeah. it's just one. It's the fate of one character, mm -hmm. which I completely understand, and it sold Stephen King on getting it made, I believe, but. I did not love that change. It was it made the movie less hopeful for me. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. What you got, Keller? Um Nightmare on Elm Street. Nice. Um I really love Nightmare on Elm Street. It's I really love Nancy and I don't know. I really feel Nancy. I feel her every emotion in that movie. Um, I feel like I look like her, um, which just you makes do. her more relatable. <laughs> like, like, I remember watching it, and you guys told me that I kind of looked like her, and I was like, oh, really? And then I went into the bathroom after, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I do look like her. And Except you don't look 20 years old. <laughs> well. I think yeah, Heather but... Langenkamp in Nightmare looks like her a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, I'm, I'm just referencing when she's like, I look 20 years old. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, I know you're better than you do. <laughs> yeah, well. I haven't seen it in a while. And even before I wanted to watch horror, I always wanted to watch Nightmare on Elm Street just because I loved the idea of the whole whatever happens to you in your dream happens to you in real life. I don't know why I just fell in love with that concept. And it's probably my favorite premise for a horror movie, even though it's Ooh. not my number one. Nice. Cool. Look at my pop socket on my phone, Keller. <laughs> it's Freddy Krueger with a rainbow, and it says, follow oh. your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a good movie. Okay, number nine. Number nine? my favorite number can't remember the last time i saw a new movie and loved it this much <gasps> and i still wasn't sure if it would make my list but i had to see it again this is one of my favorite movies man i can't believe it because movies today just don't do it for me i mean there i might like it i haven't liked a movie this much in like that that just like freshly made brand new movie the black phone I didn't even think to include this one. Oh, really? Because I was mostly basing it on my physical Gosh. media, and I 
Oh. Only on that digital eight. Yeah. I, uh, ding, 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 I ding, really, ding. really like the black phone. Somebody really cool must have recommended that to you. Mm. I mean, I'm really cool. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Who might that have been? Did Parker recommend that to you? Parker's too afraid to even talk about these movies on a podcast. <laughs> and his fungus keeps him from going to see films. Yeah, you did. I know. Well, I had wanted to see it. Because they, like, put an ad out for that a long time before they released it. I had forgotten it was even a thing. Yeah. And then you saw it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But you really liked it. Loved it. I don't remember if you told me you liked uh, it, though. I think you just said, I want to know what you think. Yep. So good. And we, we went to it in the theater, and I texted you, and I was like, I freaking loved that movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. So, I mean, the acting is great. I absolutely love the little girl in it. I love the... Uh, it's such a I, I totally buy into the characters all their emotions and the kids really the kids just sell me on it like they are so good the the brother and sister both yeah uh, like Dramian has a great ending mm-hmm. and endings are important there's movies I love but either didn't make the list or don't make it as high as they should just because I don't like the ending or you know this movie you know, and it also has a recency bias where in two or three years or 10 years, this movie might be even, be even higher up my list because, yeah. uh, oh my gosh, Keller's getting emotional. <laughs> I can't. I got to tell you, I can't. <laughs> never seen my kid. Uh, well, can I tell him what happened? Keller? Yeah, you can tell. He freaking sobbed <laughs> at the end of the movie. I didn't even know. I looked over after like like when the credits went up. And I looked over and Keller is like ugly crying, like just. And, and that's not normal for me. That I have never cried during a movie until I saw that. I have teared up watching anime, and that's it. I had this sinking oh feeling gosh. that I was like, I've just gone too far with showing my kid horror movies. This was too much. <laughs> and it was good. It was the subject good. matter's awful. Yeah. Right? Like. And it's, it's my scary. trigger too. And it's 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 it's, it's a real of. thing that could happen. It's not like Freddy Krueger coming at you in your dreams. But so I was worried you were trumped, but apparently you loved it so much that I, it, it made you cry. It was so emotional <laughs> that I was I just couldn't. I cried two times during that movie. I it cried enough to substitute for the millions of movies that are like so sad that I have not cried during or so emotional. I just okay. Well, huh. I have a feeling we might be. Bringing that movie up again. Yep. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what number was it, though? I don't remember what number we're on. That would have been your nine. That was number nine, yep. Oh, yeah, Favorite number, number nine. <laughs> My number nine is Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2. I love Evil Dead 2. You theater people just love your Evil Dead 2, don't you? <laughs> Well, it's fun. It's awesome. It's so much fun. And I love that the first one is like, the first one has some humor, but then the second one, they just went for it. Yeah. And it's so fun, but it's still got genuinely scary moments, some good jump scares, and I just love part two. Plus, I feel like it gives Bruce Campbell so much more time to just be Bruce Campbell. It it is like Bruce Campbell's like opus. (laughs) You know, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love Evil Dead too. It's just there Evil Dead people like they have the one that's like their favorite, you know. And uh I just for me it was always one, but yeah. I have a hard time picking my favorite, but really. 
I love Evil Dead too. It's like trying to pick your favorite Star War. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's easy. Phantom Menace. Go see a star. <laughs> <laughs> Buster. Oh no, is it? It's, it's Anyang. She gives. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> so yeah, Evil Dead Two is my number nine. Nice. My number nine, um, is Halloween, and wait, which one? The Rob first. Zombies? What? <laughs> she has not seen Rob Zombie. <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob Zombie made a Halloween. Yeah. Yes, if you'd He's seen just... that, then we would question if your parents are doing good by <laughs> He remade Halloween. Ew. And then made a sequel. Halloween's <laughs> perfect the way it is. Um, I love Halloween so much. It just gives me my happy horror feeling all the way, which is just like when I see a horror movie. And it's like not quite a warm and cozy, but it's just like mm. ah horror, and um, yeah, it makes me want to stab, uh, something. I don't know. Uh oh. But in a happy <laughs> way. Uh, <laughs> dark um, <laughs> I can't get any further away. I'm already on the couch. Oh uh, yeah, I I I love the soundtrack. Stab pumpkins, you mean? I hope. I love yeah, pump the way pumpkins do. The way pumpkins give me that happy Halloween feeling. I'm talking about your stabbing thing. Oh. That's what we're hung up on here. I don't know. Just right, makes me continue. I don't have to cut okay. that. So I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but People yeah, I love the music. DCFA. And I love like the part with the ghost sheet and the glasses. <laughs> the Bob ghost. And the, the little kid. Um, or is that in, that's in the later one. I forgot about the later one. What little kid? The little kid who, the kid that the person babysits who's Tommy? like. Tommy Doyle? Maybe. Oh, no, she's talking about in the. Oh, no, not the, Tommy. In uh, the new. Yeah, oh, I'm thinking Julian. of the newer one. Uh, Julius, Julian, whatever. Yeah, name. Julius yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the little sassy little mouth. Sassy yeah. mouth. Yeah, yeah, but, that's. Um, well, which movie are you talking about then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, You're talking, talking about I'm talking the about the old, the original. I just yeah. got mixed up. Okay. But yeah, just it, it, it's Halloween. Cool. Doo -doo 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 -doo. All right, moving along. I'm glad we did 13 and not 10, because man, I left good movies off my list. Anyway, number eight for me is one of my favorite movies, The Fog. Good old-fashioned ghost story the fog's one of those movies that uh, the first time I saw it I was like I, li I like John Carpenter movies never saw this one liked it a lot and then I just kind of like stuck with me and I've I don't know every time I watch it I like it more it's got a great score an awesome setting I like the a lot of night shots near the ocean with the fog rolling in mm -hmm. it's very cool it's very atmospheric and I think it, it takes place in California. We took a trip to Oregon a few years ago. We were out on the Oregon coast and we watched the fog while we were out there and it was really fun because it's, it's a very similar atmosphere. And you got the lighthouse as a really cool uh, scene or what was it? part of the set, I, I don't know how to say it. There's a, a place where many scenes happen at this cool lighthouse. Set piece. Yeah. The fog for me, number eight. And you're wearing a fog t-shirt right now. I am. That's right. Antonio Bay, made 
by the one and only Jeremy Chauvin. <laughs> and made sure. Um, that was number eight, right? Okay. Yep. My number eight is a movie that I know Keller really likes because it's already been on oh. her list. Oh. Friday the 13th, part two. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love Friday the 13th, part two. Ginny forever. I I love a lot of the Friday the 13th movies. Obviously, we talked about that last year. But Ginny is the best final girl. The kills in Friday the 13th are so fun. Or, I Amy mean, part two. The kills in part two are, are so fun. I love the characters in part two. Uh, the direction in part two. It, it feels like, even though I know it didn't have much more of a budget than the original, it just feels a little more polished which I like the the quirky cheap feel of the original but to have it a little more polished I, I enjoy that and I love the ending I absolutely love how they're able to defeat Jason in part two the ending with the sweater and the, mm-hmm. the head I kind of well that's true I don't have to worry about spoilers because Keller's yeah. no we can talk about this movie I kind of want to dress up as Ginny and um Mrs. Voorhees' sweater sometime for Halloween, if oh, I could. Sweet. You should do yeah. it. Yeah. That whole scene is just like my favorite. I love it. Yeah. It has a special place in my heart. Yeah. It's a good one. Uh, my number eight is I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh. Oh no, oh. Jeremy forgot about I Know What You Did Last Summer. I forgot <laughs> I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Do you, do you like that one? It's a con- it's a contender to get on your list. It probably would have bumped. Oh, good. What was my number thirteen now? Poltergeist. Poltergeist. It would have bumped Poltergeist off the list probably. Oh. Really? I love. I know what you did last summer. I know what you did last summer. Oh, is yeah. just, I do too. It's really good. It's one of those movies where after I watch it, I become an immediate nerd and just am constantly quoting it and like doing scenes from it. And it's like all that's on my mind is I know what you did last summer. Grabbing a hook and gutting people with it. Yeah. What? (laughs) 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 But yeah, I love it. And I absolutely love like, I mean, it's not like the characters have a good friendship, but I think their dynamic is really funny. And yeah, I love it. I love it. The the actor in it is the same actor who played Daphne, I think, in the um, live action uh, yeah, Scooby-Doo. Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, and I really like her. I'm I do, just, too. Uh, I love oh, that movie all. so oh, much. She was my biggest crush in high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mostly because of that movie. I know what you did. Uh-huh. I had a crush on both of them. Oh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I, she was like my biggest crush when I was in like fifth grade. I was I I liked her. I liked Sarah Michelle Gellar, and I loved Nev Campbell too. I've never been a huge mm-hmm. Nev fan in terms of like crushing, mm-hmm. but yeah, the casting and I know what you did last summer. That's a great cast. So it's like good. the most '90s cast ever. <laughs> but they're great. And I love that '90s feel of a horror movie. Like that's what I picture when I picture a slasher. Is like that whole. Yeah, Keller likes yeah. the '90s slashers. I love the '90s the Clean look. The yeah. '90s slashers yeah. have a very clean look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have good pacing too. They're they're yeah, they really move. good pacing. Did you know that 
um, Sarah Michelle Gellar and the guy Freddie Prince Jr. plays Rage. You know, they're married in real life. Really? They met. I think they met during that movie, and started Aww. dating there in Scooby Doo together, and they've been married ever since. That's fun. Yeah. Isn't that cute. <laughs> Horror brings people together. Yeah. <laughs>